Hey guys, this is Matt Hurt. You can find me on Twitter at ObsessiveViewer. This is Tiny at ObsessiveTiny. And this is Large. You can find me at ObsessiveLarge on Twitter. <laughs> what the F? Wow. <laughs> Wanna uh, try that again? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Cause, oh, because I'm tiny. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to keep all this in. It took way too long. I'm going to keep all this in. I just want him to say Mike White. <laughs> you know. <laughs> what do you want me to do it? Yeah, go ahead. I'll right. cut it together. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Mike, and you can find me at I am Mike White on Twitter. Uh, and this, <laughs> and this is obsessiveviewer.com's the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Welcome. Large. That was re- that was really good. You that big was, yeah. goof. Can't you, you can't reference it unless Matt's going to use it. Oh, oh, I'm going to use it. I'm going to. All use right. It. But I'm going to make sure that I put you saying Mike White. That's that was the only that was great. Gotcha. But that was the only thing I wanted to make sure you said your name. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> that was awesome. Though. Well done. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. So welcome to this week's podcast, everyone. Hey. Oh. Hey. Hello. Yes. How you guys doing? Pretty good. You know what I think we should do for this episode is just keep it in this location, huh? So every episode, Evansville. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we need to go to Evansville. Now that'd be a change of the set. Um. Yeah, it would. Yeah. We yeah. need to get you into the room with us, Mike, so that we can be in one self-contained set to save money. Yes, I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Yeah, yeah, that kind of fell apart. So, what's the topic for today, Tiny? The topic Do you for bring us in? today right. is bottle episodes. Yes, bottle yeah. episodes. And some of you might be saying, "What is that?" A bottle episode is basically an episode of a television show that takes place uh, entirely or largely in one setting. Uh, Usually it's like a kitchen or uh, like an established set that's already been in past episodes of the television show, um, a classroom, something like that. Uh, it doesn't have to be entirely just in that one area, but mostly in that one area. And then it typically involves either one character, character or two or three characters, and they're all kind of working together to solve a problem to get out of this certain situation. It's typically what a bottle episode is. Um, they sort of originated, no one really knows where they originated. You know, I think back in the day when television was still kind of finding its feet, it was pretty typical to have it in every episode of a lot of different shows would take place only on one set, uh, just cause they were still, you know, figuring it out. Um, but I think it was, it was actually first, uh, it was given its name and it was, it was first kind of addressed during the original Star Trek series. They used to call um, episodes where they were basically just on the Enterprise, they used to call it ship on a bottle episodes, or ship in a bottle episodes. Um, Because typically, if if you watch Star Trek, a lot of the episodes consist of, oh, we got a signal from this planet, let's go down to that planet and see what's going on. Or it's like, oh, we need to go to this other ship. But sometimes, in order order to save money and 
just to have a, a, a simpler episode, they would just stay on the Enterprise. And they, hmm. the, the producers and writers and even the actors just started calling them ship-in-a-bottle episodes. I and, did not know that. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Awesome. Yeah. So they, they coined the term. Nice. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is it's usually a cost-cutting measure for um, like a show to to create this episode specifically designed to spend the least amount of money as possible mm-hmm. um, so that they can y- reallocate the money toward bigger episodes later in the season. Right. Um, yeah. Usually the premieres and the finales and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. The big, mm-hmm. big tentpole episodes and right. sweeps episodes. Right. Um, so that's what a bottle episode is. They're very common is- in sitcoms. Oh, it's yeah. easy to do because a sitcom usually you only have a couple stages, mm-hmm. a couple settings, and that's about it. Um, and it's become like a staple of television. I think you can yeah. you can point out those episodes pretty easily now. It is, and you can Google it, and the, it's kind of a a pretty big trend now to talk about kind of like what are the best bottle episodes, and I I think that's kind of what we're doing today, or at least what are our favorite bottle episodes? Yeah, um, there's one or two that I'm not too fond of, but I want to bring up. Or really just one. Um, but it's, it's mostly just quality bottle episodes because the, the bottle episode technique is really, could be a disaster. Um, but it's, it's, it's really a good, a good chance for the writing to be showcased and the acting because there's not any flair or any kind of big thing happening. It's just, it's just actors in this confined space working with the the writing and it's usually uh it's like it's a cost-cutting measure but it's not something that they can just throw out it's something that usually they kind of put some care into the writing it doesn't have to be bad i mean a lot of the times they end up being some of the best episodes of the season mm-hmm. um yeah of any given show and i think i think one of the things i love about it or the reason why it works a lot is because it it kind of bottlenecks you as a create as as a creator <laughs> <laughs> Hell, pun. Uh, it kind of bottlenecks you as a creator because you have these parameters you have to stick to, and it forces you to, you know, kind of turn your proverbial creativity gears. You can't just, you know, throw something together. You have to really think about structure and and, mm-hmm. and the dialogue and how it bounces off the characters and stuff. And so it really forces the writers and directors and performers to like focus. And it's like we have to really really bring our best for this. So yeah. I think it, it turns out great a lot of time. Yeah. And yeah. you mentioned that some of them are the best episodes of the season or, or the show. One of these is like one of my favorite episodes of television. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Show uh, off. Yeah. Spoiler alert. It's the Dawson's Creek episode. <laughs> totally joking. <laughs> so how about we get into this? Do we have anything more to say about the, about the definition of a bottle episode? I don't think so. Let's 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 explain by example. Yeah. All right. So, what's first up? The first one I have up, and I think it may be the one you mentioned. I don't know. We'll see. Ah. Uh, the one that you love the most. It mm. is from the awesome Breaking Bad. <clears throat> oh, jeez. No, that's not. Cool. Oh my god. Sorry. <laughs> I did not loud. like that sound. <laughs> no. Jeez. I did not like that. No, uh, that's not the one that I, I was okay. mentioning. But go ahead. Sorry. I'm going to guess every time. And I, okay. Hopefully, oh, maybe I'll get it right. Nice. Maybe not. Uh, it's from Breaking Bad. It's from season three, episode mm-hmm. 10. It is called Fly. Uh, in this episode, Walt and Jesse, spoiler alert, they spend the episode in the lab that was, uh, uh, 
that's underneath the laundry place, um, and they're trying to get rid of a fly that has found its way into the lab and could possibly contaminate the product. Nice. Uh, yeah, this episode is directed by Ryan Johnson. Oh, I forgot about that. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, spectacularly directed. Mm-hmm. Um, There's so many awesome shots, just even from, from the fly's perspective, and and just, I mean, it's really delves into kind of the instability of Walt and Jesse's kind of helplessness, I guess, <laughs> at, at the, at the, at the hand of, at the hand of Walt, I guess. Um, what did you guys think of this episode when you first saw it? Because I had it built up to me because I'd, I'd watched, I came into Breaking Bad in between seasons three and four. So I had heard about this episode and when I got to it, I was honestly, I was a little underwhelmed. Funny um, that you say that, mm-hmm. because I think uh, you did the same effect to me. Really? Did I? Build I think it up you for built me? it up for me. <laughs> that's no. That's no surprise. Um, and it was really good, but it it wasn't. Uh, it's it's not your best episode of television ever. Right. I was under the impression that it was going to be a a series redefining episode. Hmm. Yeah, that's and the I think. I had. It was uh, distinctly not, and I think that's what it was I was frustrated with. I remember sitting, wanting, um, waiting for Walt to kind of fess up to some more things. And I guess that's what I expected by a revelation episode, as people were calling it. But we didn't get that. We just got kind of – I mean – it was the episode was a microcosm for their relationship mm-hmm. uh, th- uh, along the whole show, at least up to the last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it didn't really do any turns, but it was definitely a great example of of what these two were known for. And by the end of it, we're not we don't learn anything new. It's just a really good example of a Breaking Bad episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tanya, what did you think of it? Yeah, I, I I agree with you to an extent. I think maybe I have I I was one of the ones who built it up for you. I think so. Yeah, because I loved it. Um, I, I started watching Breaking Bad when <laughs> season two aired. I watched it live from there, and I bought the first season on DVD. Um, and this episode, I, I remember as I was watching it, I was thinking, this is exactly what Walt and Jesse's relationship needs. They need to th- their conflict and their relationship had been approaching a precipice, and they were getting ready to cross it. Uh, go over it and uh i was worried about their tumble down the other side of the mountain to stick to the metaphor um and just to see them i wanted to see it kind of be put to rest but like mike said you know walt kind of held back he didn't he didn't fess up to everything that he's how much of a bastard he'd been really um (laughs) and i think kind of what he did was walt kind of bought himself some time um, which caught up to him by the end, uh, but yeah, it could it, it it was sort of again, yeah, I think I was kind of expecting a huge revelatory episode as well, mm. but uh, it was still very satisfying and just man, I just loved seeing it. It, it was it was a great character piece uh, of an episode. I don't mean to jump yeah. the gun. I don't know how many episodes of. Uh, each show we were talking about. But I, what I think the problem is, at least for Matt and me with this episode, is in comparison to the other bottle episode, uh, four days out. And I think that's the superior episode of, of the two notable bottle episodes, well, the two bottle episodes. Um, and I think that gives us 
uh, the growth, and not so much revelation because at that time in the series we didn't need any, but it's the growth in character that we needed from the two of them. So, so if I were to pick an episode, if I were to pick an episode that was to, uh, like if somebody said, how would you describe the relationship between Walt and Jesse? I'd say watch fly. Uh, but if you want to see the genesis of that and, and them actually grow as characters, I'd say four days out. I agree completely. And I, I want to kind of go back to, to fly for just a second and say I like the episode on repeat viewings. Like like the episode really stands out when I watch it. It was just it was the anticipation of it being a revelatory episode that kind of made me feel like it was a little bit lacking when I first saw it. But when I, upon reviewing it, because I've seen it maybe three times, it gets better every time, just from a stylistic perspective, especially from Ryan Johnson, who directed yeah. some of the best episodes of the series. Totally. Um, sure. But yeah, four days out. There's sorry. There's an interesting um, anecdote about it. Um, uh, can we get a quick synopsis? Oh, yeah, go go nuts. Sure. Uh, in Four Days Out, it is Season 2, Episode 9. Walt and Jesse take the Winnebago into the desert for a marathon cook, but they end up stranded when the Winnebago won't start. Yes. Uh, in this episode, there's an interesting anecdote about it in that... Um, I might get this wrong, but apparently it was it was written as a bottle episode. It's through and through a bottle episode, but uh, the director... Um, I can't remember who directed it, but... I think it was a woman. She wanted she she the whole idea of the episode was to have an episode with them in the RV throughout the entire episode. But their location was so the lighting of it, the natural light of the location was so appetizing that they kept shooting more and more outside. And I think that ended up running them long and it ended up being one of the more expensive episodes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, but it's I feel like it's a better episode for me as a fan than Fly was because, like you said, Mike, it is the genesis of their relationship. It is a big turning point. It's where Jesse kind of first sees this kind of uh, growth in Walt, and it's where Walt kind of releases some of his some of his. It's where they first like connect as partners rather than uh, yeah student and teacher. And I even I even hesitate to call them friends, but if there's any reason for their relationship to end kind of the way it does at the end of the series, you kind of point to this episode and say, well, it started there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they kind of reluctantly accepted each other in a way. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a strange relationship, and, and this episode is not for that. We've we've. uh We've exhausted the topic of Breaking Bad, but mm -hmm. um, it's good. That's for sure. Yeah, totally. Be sure to check out our our uh, episode, our special Breaking Bad episodes from last fall. Um, as the show was winding down, we did three episodes all about the last run of episodes. And those three hour or those three episodes is like five hours or something like that. I think it's more like yeah. seven. Is it really <laughs> a lot of content? Think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, next on the list is a comedy. It is the classic Seinfeld. It's season two, episode 11. It's called The Chinese Restaurant. And in this episode, Jerry, Elaine, and George are waiting to be seated at a Chinese restaurant before going to see the movie Plan 9 from Outer Space. Yeah. And I've, I know I've seen this episode, but I think I was a kid the last time I saw it, and I just 
I don't really remember it, to be honest. Yeah, same here. And I know, Mike, I know you're a huge Seinfeld fan, so do you want to take the reins on this one? Oh, please, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorite episodes, one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, when people call it the show about nothing, that's really quite a misnomer. Uh, but if there were an episode that exemplified that moniker, a show about nothing, this would be it. It's It's... Perhaps one of the most true-to-life episodes of the entire series. I imagine when they pitched the show uh, about what would it be like, you know, regular people, or how does a comedian get his jokes, it's, it felt something like this. In fact, in season four, and I'm actually currently re-watching the series with my wife. We just started season four. Uh, they, when they pitch their show, uh, Jerry, to NBC uh, and... George is coming up with concepts for the show. He says, uh, he goes something like, this This should be the show. This right here, just us talking. <laughs> He's like, just us talking. He says, yeah, you know, just that everyday stuff. Like, you remember that time we were in that Chinese restaurant and we waited for a while? <laughs> that could be a show. That's awesome. That's great. Isn't that awesome? I love that. Yeah. Um, I'm Like I said, I've only seen this maybe two or three times in syndication as a kid, but I remember just it just blowing my mind. Um, it's a good example, if I remember correctly, it's a good example of the kind of, um, the way that the, the writing of the show really wrapped around itself. Cause it kind of, yeah. it's this self-contained thing, but then like at the end, it's, it's, it's this genius formula that Larry David and, and, and Jerry Seinfeld and them had when making the show that they had like this, this running gag throughout the entire episode. And then there's just, just this big punchline at the end, um, that that just yeah. really worked for them. On the episode so is like a long Seinfeld joke, <laughs> yeah. a long Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> joke. Yeah, yeah. I forget. Is there wasn't uh, wasn't there wasn't the premise that like George was like trying to use the phone the whole time and it kept getting tied up. Yeah. So they go there. They want to get a quick bite to eat before they see Plan Nine from outer space. Uh, so they get to the Chinese restaurant and they they kind of. Uh, Ask the guy for a table, Seinfeld 4. Seinfeld 4. <laughs> uh, and then so a couple of people walk in front of them, and they kind of are angry about that. <laughs> One of my favorite things is Elaine is, is in the episode, and she is dying of hunger, she talks about. Uh, and so Jerry <laughs> bets uh, her to go eat an egg roll off of some stranger's plate. <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. And yeah, but George is trying to use the phone to talk to a girl. Uh, okay. And then people keep using the phone in front of them. Hmm. Nice. It's a great episode. It's funny that it it was in the second season before the show really hit its stride. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first season to to win an Emmy uh, was season four of Seinfeld, right. hmm. and uh, um, and it didn't become number one in the ratings until season six. I looked all this up last night <laughs> while I was watching the show. Nice. Uh, but yeah, so th- this is a great example of the show. Like if uh, again. Uh, microcosm if i were to say what episode of seinfeld i probably wouldn't say this episode because it doesn't have michael richards in it mm-hmm. um oh, but yeah. it is like it's very incredibly seinfeldian nice. nice i remember seeing it as a kid and even then you know the obsessive viewer that i was i was like so did they did they get to see the movie or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think yeah. i had the same thought I, yeah I thought you were going somewhere else. I was going to say how well it plays, even for a kid. I, I thought this was funny <laughs> as a kid. Oh, I think I laughed at it, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just been so long. Yeah. 
And I can't help but notice, I just noticed that you're wearing your obsessive viewer shirt, Tiny. Yes, I am. Mike, I can't see you, but I assume that you are too. I am wearing my Star Wars obsessive viewer (laughs) t-shirt. We should get those made. Anyway. um, Well, you don't even like it, so. Well, I don't not like it. I don't, you know. (sighs) Whatever. Anyway. So so is is Matt Han and Tiny's Chewy and I'm Luke? I will be Chewy all freaking day, dude. I, you know, I, I can get on board with that. Is that all right? Yeah, Han's the guy with the ship, right? <laughs> I hate you. Anyway, you get the um, girl in the end. Oh yeah, well, good. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so also we can't really talk about Seinfeld. I, I I thought about this afterward, but we can't really talk about Seinfeld bottle episodes without even bringing up the the parking garage. Do you want to talk about parking that? garage? I'm so glad you mentioned that because I was going to talk about it too. Okay, cool. Yeah, I remember. That also, one, one of my bit. favorite episodes is that season three. I have no idea. I was hoping that yeah. you would know. <laughs> it's early on in season three. Nice. It's a good one, from what I remember. So they're looking for their car. Right. They just they, he couldn't. Is it Kramer couldn't remember where he parked? Kramer can't remember where they parked. Yeah, season three, episode six, called the parking garage, and uh, Kramer can't remember where they parked, and calamity ensues. Are they carrying around like a big TV box? He's got an air conditioner. Air conditioner. That's right. Kramer has an air conditioner. Elaine has fish, which are dying. (laughs) Oh, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. And there's a nice dig on Scientology in there, too. Yeah. Uh, What is the dig on it? Because when I was researching bottle episodes, I saw that apparently Jerry Jerry Seinfeld was a Scientologist. I didn't know that. Yeah, I guess he is now. Uh, They are trying to get rides from people. When they finally give up looking for it, they decide to get rides from people. And so George talks to this beautiful woman uh, who who agrees to give them a ride. And he he gives Jerry a look like, look at this. So they get in the car and they go around. And it just it's a weird, quick crossfade and then a speed up. Like you never see them speed up the camera, but, but they do it. And the car comes to a screeching halt. And uh, he gets out of the car and he says something to the effect of like, how, how was I to know you can't say those things about L. Ron Hubbard or something like that? <laughs> wow. Funny. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it was good. And uh, Jerry gets arrested for peeing in public. <laughs> That's right. Oh, nice. man. It's coming back to me a little the, bit. Yeah. That's the right, best cause... thing, what you, you, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the ending, though, which is, of course, the best part. They finally find the car. <laughs> uh, anyway, George, I'm sorry. George is trying to get to his parents' anniversary. He's trying to be home. So they finally find the car. They get in, and they start the car, and it doesn't start. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, isn't the whole episode Jerry needs to pee also? Is that what the whole thing is? And then he gets arrested because he finally goes pee, or am I misremembering yes. it? Okay. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. That's just, I, I, that just strikes a chord with me. I've been in that situation yeah. many times. <laughs> uh, behind the scenes stuff. If you've got the DVDs, you you probably know this, or if you know anything about Seinfeld, you probably know this. But at the end, where the car starts, they it was just supposed to start, and uh, it was just perfect that it didn't. Like huh. on the set, it, it just didn't start, and so you can kind of see everybody start laughing right away. That's awesome. And so it ends. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I credit L. Ron Hubbard for that. <laughs> I would too. Um, <laughs> the ghost of L. Ron Hubbard. Yes. Yeah. The wow. Lord R. Hubbard. Anyway. <laughs> um, awesome. So, uh, anything more about Seinfeld or should we move on? Oh, everything about Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> I need to rewatch the series. I need to watch you do. it. Properly. It's time. It really is. I wish it was on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, they uh Jerry just said in an AMA on Reddit that it's there it's in talks. Right. If oh. it if it goes on Netflix, I will definitely watch it. 
Cool. Yeah. I said that about the West Wing also, and I got three seasons. Yeah. Two. How's that going, Matt? Well, you know, <laughs> what's I that need to stop? Start it's been like four. four years, and you're like three seasons in. It's been one year, and I'm three seasons in. Has it though? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, a year and a half. Anyway. Um. <laughs> Anyways, uh, next up on the list is this might be Matt's favorite. Let's see. It is Dawson's from, Creek. No, it is. <laughs> yeah, that's the go-to, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it is Community. That would I can see why oh. that would be. <laughs> oh come on, wow. dude! No, I do love this episode dearly, like so this so episode, much. Aren't there two? I just have the huh. one on here. Would the other one okay. be? Uh, you can bring up the other one. Oh, there are two. Yeah. Okay. Rem- well, the first remedial one. chaos theory. Yep. Okay. Which is also one okay. of my favorites. Yep. Okay. This okay. one that I have on the list is season two, episode eight. is called Cooperative Calligraphy. Yes. The synopsis is Annie is sick of lending out her pens and never getting them back. Upon realizing she's about to lose another one, she forces the whole gang to stay in the library until someone turns the pen over. She is suspecting them of stealing her pens. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it's you know what the problem is? Is she probably never joined the Pen 15 Club. <laughs> What is that? Whoa! You don't know. You don't know what the Pen Fifteen Club is. No. Do you want to join oh, it, Matt? You need to initiate him okay. right now. The Pen I need Fifteen a pen. Club. What? I, need a pen. I don't have a pen. Do you have a pen, Tiny? No. I'm gonna get a pen. Where's an Annie when you need one? <laughs> Heyo. Hey. I'm not gonna do it. I can't find a pen. Wait, there might be one over there. Get one, Tiny. Jeez. No. No. Oh, okay, to join the Pen15 Club, you just need to write on your hand. Actually, I'll do it for you. You do it for him, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What the hell? Hang on one second. I can... Ugh. What is going on? All right, listeners. I re- already this regret is... this. All right. So you need to, you need to say so... that you love Pen15. Okay, when? Just right now. That's okay. how you need to be initiated. I love Pen15. All right. <laughs> Had to be a ballpoint pen, didn't it? It did, sorry. This is this is grade A internet entertainment. <laughs> it is. We will post this on the thing. Alright, there you go. You are in the Pen Fifteen Club. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> How did, uh, I, how did I pick that up? I don't know, but I don't know. Where did you grow up that you've <laughs> never once even heard of this? I'm taking a picture of it so that totes. Nice. Double entendres, am I right? <laughs> uh, awesome. <laughs> we are twelve years old, guys. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So tangent. <laughs> Anyways, cooperative, cooperative calligraphy, alliteration. Um, yeah, this is an awesome episode. I think this is one of my favorite community episodes, easily. Um, one of my favorites on this list, hands down. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's it. That's it. Just good. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. Um, Moving on. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, it's it's so, so well done. And, and the tongue-in-cheek aspect of it, where it, the, and the meta aspect of it, where they, they call attention to it being a bottle episode, is just really on point. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Is this one of the... Uh, it's kind of one of the first episodes where he mentions that they're on a TV show, isn't it? 
Um, not that not that he looks at the camera and says, "Hey, we're on a TV show." <laughs> but do you get what I mean? Yeah, it, it is kind of one of the first ones where he's well. I think he says something along the lines of like, "Great, it's going to be all facial expressions and close-ups or something yeah. like that." I forget. Yeah. Well, he calls yeah, it. Yeah. He, he specifically says it's a bottle right. episode, but yeah, I think it is one of the first ones where he where he actually just outright says, "Hey, this is a uh, um TV show." Is it Jeff yeah. that goes? Well, I guess that's it. We're doing a bottle episode. <laughs> yeah. And yep. I love the uh, <laughs> I love the kind of running gag, at least in the cold open, <laughs> where um. Uh, what is it? Um, I have a. I where Jeff says, "Let's make this quick," because I got a catch to date or something. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it in itself. It's not. It's it's just okay. But then the dean comes in and he's like, "All right, Jeff, I know you got a catch to date," <laughs> and it's like it's so it's so goofy. That's um, awesome. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> One of my favorite quotes from the episode is a Troyism. He says, I want to see if those wiener dogs are born that way, if they start off normal and then get wiener. <laughs> <laughs> Which let's not let's not exclude the whole the whole back um the whole the whole kind of um uh subtle <laughs> thing about it that these this entire episode takes place during a puppy parade. <laughs> it's like literally the the cutest thing imaginable is happening and they're missing out on it because they're looking for a pen. <laughs> awesome. Plus Annie's boobs. Oh yes, Annie's boobs. The monkey, not yeah. the first. Oh, hey, oh, yeah. Hey, uh, the first time in season two we see Annie's boobs. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Matt. So yeah, good episode. Yeah, I, I loved it. Um, I, I love how the tension rises throughout it because it it's like there there's such a conflict between them and it kind of brings out these very real issues within them. Mm-hmm. Um. Plus, they're all they all end up in their underwear. Yeah, I know. Which Joel McHale, Joel McHale and his underwear. Oh, his abs. I know, right? I just want to do yep. my laundry on them. Because <laughs> yep. watch washboard abs. That's I, the, I got you. That's the. You I got you. I got you. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Yeah, it's a good joke. Yeah. Sneak. Anyways, yeah, but yeah, it's it's a classic bottle episode, and that it's a, a an incredibly awesome vehicle for the character interaction oh yeah it, it's you you're forced to confront everything just like you want out of your favorite characters you know and the writing is good yeah uh writing good. is definitely on point now matt the question yes. is do you like remedial chaos theory better absolutely remedial, okay me too yeah remedial chaos theory from season three question uh-huh. mark yes yes um is one of my favorite episodes of the series as a whole. Um, it's just so, so clever. So, so, for a show that is often, that is at times or oftentimes so against the grain and, and undefinable, this episode is like a break from the abnormal, if if that makes sense. Like, <laughs> it, the show is so out there that this episode I- exists outside of where they normally are, which is outside of conventional television. Huh. It's like a step removed from normality. Um, I'm, I, I'm confused. I think I'm confused I'm so, with what you're trying I to say. Flutter, the, the way you say it thing. makes it sound like it's a normal episode. No, 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 no. I'm saying the opposite. It's like a normal episode for a community is an abnormal episode of television because it's so out there and unique and interesting. But And you're saying this is... 
remedial chaos theory is an abnormal episode of community in that it's it's like a step an extra step away from normal television. Does that make gotcha. sense? Yeah. Say there yeah. say a regular episode of Seinfeld is a one. Mm-hmm. Community regular episodes are a two. Remedial chaos theory is a three. Right. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Nice. Yeah, it's and it's so inventive. And I love the I'll just skip ahead to like my favorite thing about it. Is that the episode? The episode is about them playing. Uh, the, they're uh, over at Troy and Abed's, and they are rolling dice to figure out who who goes downstairs to get let the pizza guy in or to to get the pizza because they just buzzed in for the pizza. So every time they roll, the, like they roll the dice, and then Abed's like, "You're you're creating six different timelines." And so they show the outcome of each timeline of who does it, and each one is just a disaster. <laughs> but what I love about it is that the the big overarching thing that the the episode says about the show and the group as a whole is that Jeff gets the dice at the end, and he goes down, or he like they they reveal that he that he orchestrated it so he would never have to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then they call him on it, and then he goes down and lets lets them in, and then that's like the happiest thing, and it's kind of making the statement that like he's the most dysfunctional member of this group, and him right. being a puppet master is what's kind of what will what tears them apart. Um, I just I just love that that it's just this kind of interesting perspective on it because we spend three seasons thinking okay he's he's not the straight man but he's he's kind of the the puppet master of this group but he's also uh, it's arguable that he's uh the most destructive member it's strange that they would take that stance yeah because they go away from it plenty of times it's it's strange that they would go that dark not to be confused with the darkest timeline right. but uh uh, they don't really touch on that a whole lot after that. I I love the the notion that it puts in place when that happens, but after that, they don't really touch on it again. So it's it's kind of a strange stance for them to take on Jeff at the end of that episode. It is, and it, it kind of works for that episode. I'm glad that they didn't really um, run with it throughout the rest of the other seasons. Right. But in in that that's that episode. In a self-contained sense, I think it worked really well for the story being told in that episode. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But And I agree with you, but I also feel like the, the grandiosity of it is that they're saying this is the case for always. Which is weird because it's Jeff who brought them together. Right, right. Tiny, what do you think? I like it because there's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's awesome. It's a good one. I can't really add much to what you guys said it's awesome yeah i I think (laughs) this episode is referenced way too many times in season five yeah uh i guess at the end of season four when they went with the darkest timeline then they brought brought it back in season five yeah i i didn't like the way they handled it in season four obviously but season five it it was okay but i mean I like the introduction of the darkest timeline, but I don't think I like the way that they kept calling back to it. Yeah, because um, it made it a little too strange. I gotta say, I like uh, cooperative calligraphy more. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, but that's fair. It's like saying, "Never mind." Let <laughs> me get dirty there. Ah, I see. So yeah, anything else to add about Mike? Which one do you prefer? Oh yeah, 
I would say Remedial Chaos Theory. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, screw you guys then. Jeez. <laughs> Just kidding. Ah, uh, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, should we move on? Yes. Next, next on the list, is this one your favorite? Ma- I think... I don't know. Is it? This might be it. No, it's not. Friends? <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, Jesus. You're a... <laughs> Now, okay. now I don't believe whatever your favorite. <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're just now I don't it all believe up. you. No, I don't no. think it's in the list, and you're just going to throw another one in, in the end or something. I wish that was the case. <laughs> I really do. I think I actually know what it is now. Okay, Friends. This is the next one. Friends, season three, episode two, the one where no one's ready. Uh, essentially, Ross just tries desperately to get everyone to a black tie event at the museum on time. Everyone's yes. running late. It is. Such an awesome episode. I mm-hmm. love it so much. Um, like, I, like, we're all pretty big fans of Friends. Tiny, I don't know if you're how on the spectrum of it you are. Um, I think you're a fan, right? Oh, totes. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and then, like, me and Mike are just fanatics about it. I love yeah. Friends. Yeah. Um, I have a few of them. They're, they're good. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, and it's just... This episode is just a classic example of the chemistry between the six of them, um, and it's just and it just plays so well. Mm-hmm. And the bottle episode really became a staple of this franchise because they would have like it was almost like if if you knew what a bottle episode was and you know you really paid attention, you were the fan of the show. They had one every every season. Yeah, and this this is like I don't know if this was the first one, but I think it was. It's, if it's not the first, it's probably the best example from this show specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, man, it's great. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, there's just the timing of it. Like, cause there's, there's six characters. Like, typically a bottle episode, like the Breaking Bad ones we talked about was just two, ep- two characters. Yeah. Yeah. But this is six people all trying to get ready. Um, it's, it's actually like an impressive feat of show making, you know, right. filmmaking, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. Mike, where does the one where no one's ready lie with you in in your friends fandom? Um, I mean, this is a this is a a monumental life moment for me. That episode. Wow! It's, wow. Uh, I'm not gonna say it's the episode that made me love Friends, but it's definitely the episode I remember from the height of my Friends fandom. Hmm. Uh, before kind of the popularity of TV on DVD hit mostly it was just episodes and collections of episodes and so friends of course released the best of friends do you guys remember those DVDs oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i had those uh and they had something like 5 episodes each right so it was like 20 episodes on four four DVDs separate DVDs huh. okay and so this, the one where no one's ready, was on one of them. And it, it, I can quote this episode like a movie. Uh, we, we would, my friends and I would watch this and then act out the scenes later on. The scenes, <laughs> you know, where Phoebe gets the hummus or, uh, he, where he's in, I'm sorry, I'm fumbling my words here. Uh, we would act out the scene where Chandler comes out of the bathroom and Joey's sitting in his chair or uh, he, you f- I'm wearing everything you own. I mean, everything. We, we quoted everything. I, I love this episode. Could I be wearing any more clothes? <laughs> yeah. I love that so If much. I wasn't going commando. <laughs> ah. 
<laughs> oh, it's so perfect. It is. It's, yeah. it's really. I, I don't even know where it stands amongst the other Friends episodes because it's it's absolutely the episode I've seen the most times. <laughs> so I don't know that I can take a step back and look at it objectively. Right? Is it a good example of a Friends episode? Is it the best example of a Friends episode? I'm not sure because I I know it so well. I don't laugh at it the way I used to. It it just kind of tugs my heartstrings. Mm -hmm. Right. It's uh, it's a it's a tough call for that uh, to gauge where it is in the Friends spectrum, but I think it is. I think it's a great episode to showcase the chemistry between the characters because in their kind of various uh, uh, um. Neuroses, I guess. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's and and we have uh, like Monica with 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 the phone uh, with the answering machine. <laughs> it's so it's like you can cringe just at the sheer awkwardness of the situation that she calls uh, uh, Richard. Yep. Yeah, calls Richard because she finds a. a finds an old message on her answering machine so she calls him and then leaves her voicemail or something or she breaks into his voice or his voicemail or his answering machine or whatever and she accidentally records an outgoing message where she says maybe I'm maybe I'm getting my period or something <laughs> <laughs> and it just escalates from there so much and then uh and then just the, the kind of the 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 um stinger or the punchline of it is that she calls her she calls Richard's daughter to find out if it's her daughter that left a message on his voicemail and then she calls and explains the whole thing and then like the final bit of it is like she's like should I should I call the company and have him have them change his number and then I think Phoebe or, or Chandler or something is like don't worry I think he'll be doing that himself <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's so great classic yeah um I love that episode, and it's like like Tiny said, it, it it did become kind of a staple of the show. There were some really great bottle episodes of Friends. Um, I don't know if this really qualifies as one, but um, the one where they're up all night. Yeah, well, they didn't really have any Maybe. guest stars, but they had different sets. But mm-hmm. um, but that's like one of my favorite episodes. Um, the Thanksgiving episode where they play football is a bottle episode. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning that the one where no one's ready is takes place in real time, which is which is good. Um, it works. It plays. Oh well, yeah. So, yeah, that's true. Because they have like twenty, like twenty five minutes or something, or they have half an hour to get to the cab or something. Huh. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So it's it's a good one. Nice. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, anything else to say about friends? Uh, no. Should we move on? I love you guys. <laughs> friends. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh anything yeah. Else to say about friends you um <laughs> jk no i friends. love you kids too <laughs> um should we move on to my favorite episode of television ever yes i'm joking this isn't the, this uh, isn't the one obviously it's funny I'm, I'm actually obviously if you couldn't tell i'm reading this from a list that i made up and at some point matt was like hey there's there's one from this show that i want to that i want to add on there and i was just like ugh. and so i just have it on my list as some dawson's period episode <laughs> uh it's <laughs> You know, in the past, you've talked about this show, uh, Matt, but you you don't do it in a loving way. You know, it's not, I don't like the show. It's, (laughs) it's kind of pretentious. It's, uh, the first two seasons are, are watchable if you watch it as, as he's, as if he's a, he's a budding serial killer. I don't want to wait. But, god damn it. (laughs) 
For our lives <laughs> to be over. You're done. <laughs> I want to know right now. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, uh, to give actual background. On I the don't want to wait. Oh my god. <laughs> For our lives to be over. <laughs> I want to know right now when will it be? Okay. So this is season one, episode seven. Season one, episode seven, titled "Detention." Um, why are you talking so fast? Because you guys to interrupt me. No idea what you're talking about. No, it's uh. So no one told you life was gonna be this way. Not even the right show. <laughs> anyway, so the episode revolves around the the core group of characters, the four characters, Joey, Pacey, Jen, and uh, Dawson. <laughs> the, <laughs> the worst character of the show. Um, they're all in detention for various reasons. And there is, um, what's her name? Um, I know the actress. Huh? I know, I'm sorry. What? Uh, they're in. They're in it with Abby Morgan. Played by Monica Keena, who's kind of this villainous kind of character um, throughout the first two seasons. They end up killing her off. But anyway, so they're all in detention. It's kind of this self-contained thing where they, they're they all angry at each other for various reasons. And it's it's really stupid high school drama stuff. But it's kind of funny because, like, the reason that – what is it? The reason – it's like Dawson is dating Jen – and I think Pacey is, I don't know if he's jealous or something, but he, oh, he calls him, he calls Dawson Oompa Loompa in gym class or something. And apparently that's like this horrible thing that is in Dawson's past that people used to tease him and call him Oompa Loompa. So Dawson throws a basketball at his face. Badass. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Um, don't mess around with this guy. Right. So, so the, the thing that I want to bring up that's really funny and so stupid about it, and maybe not that stupid because, I mean, they are high school kids, but the reason that Pacey is in detention is because after he got the ba- the basketball in his face, like all the like cheerleaders or girls or something came up and was helping him up and everything, and he was so turned on by this that he went and jacked off in the bathroom uh, and he got caught and he got detention for it. Like you do, like I you mean, do. You know. yeah. Like you we, do. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. And it's worth mentioning that he. I, uh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. At the time, he was banging a teacher. Also, <laughs> that's like we got to get a little sex in this episode. So. Yeah. Oh wow. yeah. How about how about we have Pacey jerking off? Exactly. And Jeez. there's uh there's some good uh there's some good trivia about well, good is a relative term. I was going to say. Um someone in the episode mentions Emilio Estevez in the Breakfast Club because it's a it's the episode's pattern after the Breakfast Club obviously. And Pacey played by Joshua Jackson says, "He was in those Mighty Ducks movies. I love those movies." Hey. Which hey. he played Meta uh, Charlie Conway. He and did. The yep. Um, and then also, it's a monumental episode as Dawson and Joey share their very first kiss because uh, they end up playing Aww. Truth or Dare. Um, yeah. And then last but not least, uh, um, Kevin Williamson, writer and, and creator of the show, created the character of Mrs. Tringle, which is this. Uh, she's the librarian who's kind of in charge, kind of grumpy character. Um. 
He based it on an English teacher who he had in real life who had a very negative impact on him. I'm reading this from IMDb, uh, but I knew this beforehand. Of course you did. Um, because he had, <laughs> he had this English teacher as a kid who was basically, who basically told him he was not talented and he would never go anywhere or whatever. Uh, but, you know. What a bitch. I know, right? He really showed, showed her. her. Yeah. yeah. Vampire Diaries. But, I mean, I've never seen it, so I don't know. But anyway, he, she was also the basis for his villainous character in the movie Teaching Mrs. Tingle, in which Katie Holmes also starred. So, hmm. in the grand scheme of Dawson's Creek, it's, you know, it's an episode. It's, it's funny. Um, Boy, I'm glad you about. brought that up. I know, right? That wasn't a waste of time at all. Yeah. Good talk, Russ. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so if you want, it's season one, episode seven. It's on Netflix. Uh, Dawson's Creek. Make Check sure, it out. Make sure you write this down. Yes. Don't yes. want to forget this, guys. Yes. Um, so yeah. D A W S. Got it. <laughs> Is there apostrophe in there? Or? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mike, while you're writing it down, do you want to join the Pen 15 Club? <laughs> I'm the chair of the Pen 15 Club. <laughs> I'm the. Oh, God. I was going to make a really dirty joke. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, Mike, do you have anything to add about the Dawson's <laughs> Vagina episode? No, I've seen two episodes of Dawson Creek, Dawson's Creek, the first two episodes, and then that's it. Wow. Uh, yeah, me too. Anyways. It, no, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, so next up, this is your favorite one. If it's not, you're leaving right now. <laughs> and if if this is... This should make for a good discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This should make for a good discussion. All right. This is from it? the television show Firefly. Go on. <gasps> is it? <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, this well, is your favorite one? What episode is it? Because I, I, I'm, I'm in the dark about it. Well, there's only like 12 of them, so. <laughs> yeah. Season one, episode five. It's called Out of Gas. Oh, my God. It so is. I love this episode <gasps> yes. so much. I knew it for the fifth time. <laughs> yeah. oh, fifth try is always a charm. Um. <laughs> The synopsis for this uh, episode is a small part on Serenity's engine shuts down a life support system. <gasps> Mal orders the crew off of the ship, but he stays behind. Such an awesome, awesome episode. It shows a great... It's interspersed with... Basically, the entire episode is Mal has a gunshot wound, and he is walking through the ship trying to repair it and as he's going through different places of the ship and stuff he has these flashes of when he first met the crew and each into each crew member gets their own little flashback and it's kind of paints some of them uh, some of them in a different light from what you're uh accustomed to i'm thinking of uh kaylee (laughs) but it's it's such a great great episode because in there's also this um this flashback it opens and closes the episode of this guy who's saying like uh, he's he's the guy who's selling him the ship. He's like, here's here's your ship. Here, it's it's it'll never let you down. It'll he's like speaking like uh, talking it up and everything and, and trying to sell it to him. And in the end of the episode, spoiler alert, it shows that Mal has his eye on Serenity on a completely different ship from what he's talking to. He's like, no, I want that one. And it's just like, it's so true to that character and it's so true to the spirit of the show that he would go for this junker and it it's like his it's his ship. Uh, it's something. It's it's a device in sci-fi specifically that I, I just love. It's this, this connection between humans and their, their, 
um, their ship or their car or their, their whatever. Um, I just, I, I love this kind of spirited connection between them. This, this, uh, like they understand it. Um, they, like the ship and him understand each other. And it's just this kindred connection or the, or this, this, this connection that just really speaks to me and that I, I really enjoy in science fiction. And it's really on display in this episode. Take me off to the black. <laughs> Tell them I ain't coming back. Yeah, that song is the worst part of that show. Burn the land you think so? <laughs> or the sea. You can't take the sky from me. I think in the context I, of the series, it works for the show. You don't like that song, Matt? Mike, are you serious? I, no, I hate that song. Whoa. I think it's incredibly <laughs> cheesy. Yeah. Whoa. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be the type of guy to tell a person what their favorite things should be. <laughs> I have a feeling you're gonna, but, though. But knowing you, Matt. Yes. I I don't... It's like I don't believe you. Really? I, you know, I, I have to believe huh. you. Of course I believe of you. Course. If you say it's your favorite, it's your favorite, whatever. But uh, <laughs> if I were to pick your favorite bottle episode mm-hmm. or one of your favorite episodes of all time, it would be the one where no one's ready or remedial chaos theory. Huh. I, I just think those shows speak truer, to, if to coin a phrase, I don't know if that's a word. Uh, they speak more true to who who I know you to be as a person who consumes media, especially um, remedial chaos theory. You know, out of gas is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you like sci-fi and outer space, but I know you're not into Star Wars. You've referenced that on this podcast. Right. Uh, and you're also not a huge Star Trek fan. So uh, I, I'm not really getting that like love of the sci-fi and the ship, but I know that you love meta humor. I know that you love sitcoms. Uh, and I know that you enjoy shows or things that transcend themselves. Uh, and as you said yourself, remedial chaos theory transcends uh, the themes or ideas of the entire show of Community. Firefly is just a really great episode in a really great show. Yeah, I think what it is is that I I was kind of just blown away by this episode. Honestly, I was kind of because uh, Firefly is a show that, uh, and it, I'll also say I think the ending of that episode is cute at best. Really. Yeah. See, that's what makes it for me. Is just it's such a such a great character part, uh, a character like punctuation. Um, I I agree with the character choice. I mm-hmm. I agree with that, but I don't like that it's like a twist and a wink. Huh. Interesting. Gotcha. It's the other ship. It's <laughs> <laughs> wow. like I didn't care. I I didn't invest huh. in the other ship. But I, was, I don't know. Interesting. Tiny, Jeez. what do you think of it? Mike has like a black heart tonight. <laughs> Doesn't like this. I'm sorry, I don't mean to. No, 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 you're fine. <laughs> no, you're making good points, really. Actually, yeah. what what you said about Mike Matt, Matt as a as a TV fan, I didn't realize how much I agreed with you until you said it. <laughs> so I was like, no, I no, I, I can see him like in this episode more than the others. Yeah. But after what you said, I think you're right. I can recognize Thank the. You, I can recognize the peculiarity of it, um, of this choice. And I haven't seen this episode in some time, and I, I've watched, rewatched several of these other episodes mm-hmm. um, since, since the last time I saw this episode. But like I said, it just, it kind of hit me at a point 
in watching the series that I, I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting the self-contained story that was very, cause the, the show up until that point, if I remember correctly, was very, very tongue in cheek, very, very cool and very kind of to borrow your word, Mike cute. Um, and this was kind of a very dark episode because throughout it, you obviously, you know that Mal's not going to die, but mm-hmm. it's, they're all in very dire situations and you're kind of, like the crew is gone. Like they, I think he he uh, rushed them off into the into uh, um, yeah Anara's Anara's um, yeah shuttle. Yeah, and yep. he stayed behind. And it's just this kind of for 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 a character who is so like the reluctant hero, kind of the kind of the outlaw, kind of cowboy of the show. It's a very selfless and very captainy kind of thing to do. And it's something that's always kind of just spoken to me in sci-fi is this this idea of the captain going down with the ship and how he has to stay behind and how he has this connection to the ship and it's kind of this i don't know it's i can't really put my finger on it but i I just really loved the way that this episode was executed Um, yeah all valid points about the episode i I agree with you though though i will say i don't think the show is cool it's huh. it's definitely a dorky show. Mm. It is made for people like us. I, I uh-huh. am a dork by all <laughs> means, but it is not a cool show. It's nerd cool. Nerd cool. Okay, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. It's Joss Whedon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I... but even I mean, Avengers is cooler than Firefly. Oh yeah, no, Firefly's no dorky. Huh. I wouldn't. I, Firefly you know... is a Star Trek western. I mean, it doesn't get dorkier than that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think I think the western aspect cools it up quite a bit. I think so too. I mean, Mal Mal Reynolds is almost like a a like a cool talking John Wayne ish kind of guy <laughs> with a little more humor thrown in. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think that has a has a cool factor to it. Yeah. Nerd cool. Yeah. yeah. I love this. I love this episode. This is mm-hmm. pri- I hesitantly say my favorite on the list. I don't know. I can't pick a favorite on this this list that I came up with, but uh, it's awesome. I can't pick a second favorite. I love it because it's flashbacks. Yeah, which is another yeah. thing that I know Matt loves. Oh yeah, because don't don't mention Lost. So there's a show Lost. called Lost. Lost. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah. I love I love flashbacks, and I love the kind of slow reveal. This kind of because I mean, it's not a straightforward episode by any stretch, and mm-hmm. it's it's just it makes you kind of have to pay attention to it. And I really appreciate that from a storytelling perspective. I love I love flashbacks where you have in in the the linear version of the show you have these characters that are beautifully connected, and then in a flashback you see how they met. Yeah, I love that so oh, much. Yeah. That's one of my favorite televonic devices. I don't think that's a word. <laughs> it but is now. If it's it is not. now. Yeah. It's an obsessive viewer word. Copyright. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that, that's... I think it's a word, but I don't think it means what you think it yeah, means. Yeah, it doesn't. I think it means something else. I know. <laughs> um, so that's that's how I feel about it. I, It's just awesome. Love yeah. it. I loved it. Joss Whedon. Yeah. It's a great episode. I liked it a lot. And the song's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, eh... It's dorky. It is, it is it's a dorky song. It is cheesy. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But it perfectly encapsulates the spirit of the show. When did it go off air? When did that show go off air? Two thousand three. I thought it was like two thousand two thousand one. I don't know. Okay. Well, okay then. If, if it's two thousand one, that song is like six years too late. <laughs> Jeez. 
Wow. I don't I don't mean to crap on that show. I love that show dearly right. and and a good friend of mine gave me the Blu-ray collection for as a wedding present and it was one of the oh, coolest nice. wedding presents we received. Sorry, not coolest. Dorkiest wedding presents we received. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But uh I I'm I'm just surprised. I'm surprised that it's yeah. your favorite. It's it just has a sentimental kind of thing to me. Yeah. yeah. Um went off the air in 2003. Gotcha. So that is Firefly. Up next on our list, um, I know, yeah, Matt's seen this. Yeah, Matt's definitely seen this. This is the show Doctor Who. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> yeah, this is the this is the part of the show where I check out. But I'm glad you're here for this because sure. uh, this is season four, episode ten, um, season four of the reboot, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really like season thirty-five or something. Uh, yeah, of Doctor Who, episode ten is called Midnight. The synopsis is, the Doctor takes a train tour of a planet called Midnight that is made entirely out of diamonds. He's with a group of strangers, and partway through the trip, the train breaks down, and something starts knocking on the door. And it goes from there. Um, Mike, I think you would love this episode. Absolutely. It is scary as hell. Yeah. It's, uh, really? It oh, is. yeah. Yeah. Like, is well, it one-off? Yep. What I understand is that most of the show is one-off. 90% of the show is... is yeah. um, mm-hmm. Episodic. Episodic. Yeah. It, and this definitely is. It's actually... Yeah. They're actually on a vacation from, like, the story. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. The doctor and his companion are actually on a vacation, and he decides to take a tour while his companion stays in and lays by the beach. Yeah, and Donna, yeah. the companion, isn't even in the episode really all that much. Right, just like a couple minutes. And it's just... It's such a great great episode because it does what i can't i can't remember i don't know if Stephen is this a uh tenant episode yeah Uh, i don't know if Stephen moffat wrote it but he did write blink if i'm not mistaken and they kind of have this kind of similar thing to it because what it does is it takes kind of this um childlike game or 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 this this thing that you associate with children in this case like in blink it was kind of a hide and seek kind of thing or whatever or or staring contest kind of thing Mm -hmm. uh in this in this episode it's mimicking people Mm -hmm. and it just takes it and it makes it just terrifying right because the alien in the in the in the in the episode the the monster if you will that's knocking on the door it infects a passenger and it it not to give too much away it takes away the doctor's most treasured weapon his voice mm-hmm. and it does so by mimicking him and like it's it's like very it's it's just such a such a gr- gripping and and terrifying episode it, it like it was unsettling to me um right. i loved it i absolutely loved it yeah the doctor is the greatest negotiator in the universe yeah. ever of all time and he can't negotiate with this thing that's what's yeah. amazing about it and it makes him mm. really bold bold and dark statements about humanity um mm-hmm. and what they'll do in the face of this this in, in the face of of an impossible choice or or when the, when their backs are up against the wall um because the humans on board they all kind of come to this decision that's <laughs> really really uh appalling and and terrifying um and it's because they are so terrified by this creature um, it's just, it's such, such a brilliant episode. If you guys haven't watched it, 
seriously go watch it after listening to this because it's really really good Mm -hmm. so why is that a thing about the doctor that he is uh the 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 best negotiator what what is that well how is that the canon of the show is that he is the last survivor of a whole race that was wiped out in a war. Mm-hmm. And the so he, he's, he's kind of like one of those soldiers who's seen the worst possible violence that yeah. any person can see, and he refuses to use it ever again. Yeah. So he's he, a pacifist. He's a pacifist, yes. He, yeah. has, he has to rely entirely on his ability to negotiate as opposed gotcha. to just using force on someone. Right. Gotcha. And it makes him for some really interesting uh, writing. And and yes, in uh, in the show, yeah, hmm. I really think you'd like it, Mike. Yeah, it's got some really great horror elements to it. Yeah, and uh, like ninety ninety five percent of the episode takes place inside the cab of this train. Yeah, or little it's, ship or something. Yeah, something like that. I can't remember exactly. I think it's a train. Yeah, I don't like know. that. So yeah, so, yeah. Watch it. It's a good one. It's incredible. All righty. I'll check it out. Yeah. <laughs> right after I check out Lost, right after I check out The Wire, right, right after I check right. out <laughs> Dawson's Creek. Yes. Dawson's Creek. No, I, I have no interest in checking that. Yeah, I would judge you if you did. <laughs> like we judge you all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't realize this about the last three. I don't think you've seen any of these, Mike. Uh, I last... haven't. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, what I mean. Dang it. Yeah. Uh, I'll that's just. Okay. I, I don't think Matt has seen the next one either. I haven't. Uh, I'll just. Go through it real briefly. The Sopranos, it is season three, episode 11. It's called Pine Barrens. In this episode, Polly and Christopher spend the majority of the episode stuck in the snowy New Jersey woods looking for a Russian who refused to pay a debt. Um, this episode almost has a little bit of a scare thing to it as well because there's this guy, they're essentially, spoiler alert, they're trying to get rid of him, mm-hmm. you know, the way that mobsters do, kill him. Send him and, on vacation. Oh. <laughs> and he's ridiculously... Uh, you know, uh, resilient. Um, and so they try to kill him several times, but they're not sure if he's ever really dead. Huh. Um, and he's just kind of lost in the woods. He's a Russian guy. So the, the snow means nothing to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just, they end up, uh, stuck in this van in, in the, the cold New Jersey woods in the middle of winter and the van won't start. So they're freezing. They don't have any food. Um, and Paulie and Christopher are an interesting, um, character companion type deal because, Sometimes Polly's much older and Christopher's this young cocky guy and sometimes Polly will mentor him. Sometimes they're competing with each other and they're just like forced to face each other in this episode and it's it, it makes for a really interesting, a really kinda kinda scary at times, and a really funny episode. Uh it's really nice. good. It's not a one off episode, unfortunately. You can't just go <laughs> watch it, so you'd have to watch the first uh two seasons and ten episodes up to this, so um but it's really good. Nice. I'm still working my way through season one, so I'll get to it eventually. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Cool. And then it's uh, on the it's on the list for me. It's a show. It's another one of those shows. But you know, we'll I, see. I'm not sure if you'd really like the show, Mike. To be honest, it's really it's pretty slow. I it's hard for me to really get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. I I like the show, but I think it's actually pretty overrated. Yeah. Oh, okay. I really do. Interesting. Yeah. Don't tell Chick McGee that. <laughs> <laughs> Callback. Well, he also liked Six Feet Under. He did. Yeah. Man. <sighs> Anyways, the last one on this list, maybe not the last one, but the last one on this list is right. an addition from Matt, and I had forgotten about it until I this read about episode. it, and I was like, wow. Uh, this is from the show 24. It's from season 5, episode 13. It is 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. 
Uh, Previously the, on 24. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the synopsis is a weaponized gas is released into the CTU building, leaving the employees stuck in certain zones that have been sealed off. Permission to nerd out. Totes. As much as I can't stand the show as a whole because of the way that it just completely screwed up the last season, this episode is so freaking great. It really is good. It's... It's so, and it's it's in the best season of the show. Season five is such an amazing season because it kicks off with allies of Jack being killed off, and that's kind of this whole, this whole like runner for the entire episode, uh, the entire season is he's he's on a vendetta against these people who murdered his friends, and it just creates this really personal story, and it's it's Jack Bauer is a character who's lost so much throughout the entire series run that. And, and this episode is is just piles it back on because uh, the previous episode ended with with uh, sarin gas being released in in CTU because shocker there was a mole in CTU, um, but they're sealed off into it's it's not one self contained set for all the characters they're sealed off in like three different areas there's Jack and his daughter who just happened to be there I don't remember how they did that but his estranged daughter who it's the first time we've seen her in like a season and she's very mentally not unstable, but she's like in a relationship with this kind of older kind of skeevy, uh, psychologist guy played by C Thomas Howell. Right. Um, and it's kind of, it's this kind of weird thing because it, she kind of in the downtime of them waiting for the CDC or whoever to come and uh, like release them. They basically have this kind of conversation where it's like, where Jack wants to reconnect with her, but she's like, no, cause death surrounds you. Um, I want to keep my distance from you because you're, you know, people die when they're around you. And it's kind of this, kind of this thing that it's a horrible thing to say, <laughs> say to her dad after he just lost his friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. But other, and there's other like characters throughout the episode, like the director of CTUs in his office. And then, uh, like Jack's closest friend, Tony, is in the infirmary with the villain of the season played by Peter Weller. Um, statute of limitations is up. So spoilers galore here. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's in like, like Peter Weller is, is unconscious throughout the whole episode. And it's basically the entire episode revolves around Jack trying to talk Tony out of murdering the villain because the villain killed his wife, killed Tony's wife. And also there's this, this, cause it's 24, there's this countdown effect of the sarin gas is eating away at the sealant on the door. So they're trying to, trying to get the, uh, air conditioner on to evacuate it from, from the, op- from the common area. So it gets away from the door. So there's this whole thing. It's all packed into this one episode where Jack has to go crawl through the vents to get to, get to a computer to, to, uh, to release all this stuff and stuff. But anyway, it ends with it, just this really like kind of shocking moment where, uh, Tony has a syringe at the bad guy's like chest and he's about to do it. But then he realizes like, Oh no, I'm not, I'm not a killer or whatever. And then the guy just wakes up and takes it and just sticks it in Tony's heart and does it. And like Tony dies air quotes. Cause he <laughs> came 24. back cause, cause 24. There you go. <laughs> um, and it's just such a great, episode because it's it's this very tense episode that isn't 
that is away from the norm of the ser- series because the series is all built around like oh this big moment thing like there's there's bombs that are about to be go- going off there's atomic weapons and just it's this all this like big level threats but this is a very self-contained very small thing but it has very big repercussions throughout the rest of the season so i loved it yeah it's it's very unique in the sense of bottle episodes because it's actually a very complicated thing. Mm-hmm. There's so many different things being juggled in the air as opposed oh, yeah. to just like, let's just solve this one thing. Right. Two people solving this one problem or whatever. It's tons of people and there's like seven different things that have to happen perfectly. And yeah, it, it is a very good episode. It's, it's definitely a top five best of the series. And yeah, you're talking about a series that had over 200 episodes. So. Right. And it's, yeah. uh, they needed to save money for the big, uh, season finale taking place on a submarine uh oh, yeah. do you remember that yeah a little yeah bit. they had to go on a on a sub to to save the day but that season finale was freaking awesome oh so great yeah. that season as a whole is just should have been the series it should have been yeah. yeah like you can go in if you want to watch 24 just watch season one two three and five do you think um, we'll ever do a 24 episode just me and you I really want us to sit down, watch 24, like like speed through the whole series, and then huh. stay up for 24 hours and do an episode about 24. <laughs> like that's what that's my goal for for us to do that. Um, okay, no. Okay, <laughs> I will gladly not be a part of that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, so that is the end of my list. Do you guys have any little additions? Um, I think we discussed my favorites. Yeah, I think so too. I'm trying to think if Dawson's Creek had any more. Um, no, I've, I've got nothing. There is a, a really good X Files episode called Ice, which unfortunately is pretty much a, a rip off of the thing, the movie, the thing. Uh, but it's uh-huh. a re- it's a really good episode, and it's kind of a bottle episode. Okay, yeah. I saw it on a list that I looked yeah. up. There's also an episode of Homicide: Life on the Streets, which I've never seen. That's it's like on the top of like all the bottle episode lists I could find, but it's can't remember the name of it, but it's about it's like two detectives interrogating a guy for the entire episode. Wow! And apparently, it's like really, really good, which doesn't surprise me because David Simon. Nice. Um, did he have anything to do with the show, or was it just based on his book? He might have been like a producer or something. Probably. Yeah. But anyway, I've heard really good things about it, so mm-hmm. maybe I'll check it out. Well, this was a successful episode. It was. Yeah. It was. There good stuff. Go. Yeah. Covered a lot. We did. We did. Yeah. Good work, guys. Hey, guys. This is John Papa Giorgio of Papa's Basement telling you to visit inpapasbasement.com and check out my show. I'd humble brag and say that my 25 listeners can't be wrong, but I'm pretty sure more people were members of the Heaven's Gate cult, so they could indeed be as wrong as wrong gets. Still work is hell, and if you're hearing this, then you definitely have time to kill. So look up Papa's Basement on iTunes and Stitcher, and of course my website, which is once again inpapasbasement.com. I sexily thank you. Should we do some poopery? Let's get it smelling good up and do it. (laughs) Who wants to bring us in? This is the section of the podcast where we talk about anything we want as long as it smells good. Um, I'll go ahead and bring us in, obviously. Um, you didn't have to do it and then tell us you're going to do I it. Know. <laughs> I know. This is the beginning of the episode all over again. It is. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. Um, no, so yeah, let's let's do some potpourri, guys. Let's do uh, it. Who wants to go first? Show of hands. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to say. Are you raising okay. your hand, Mike? <laughs> Tiny. <laughs> I can go first, yeah. To the guy in the obsessive viewer shirt? Yeah, totally. Represent. Uh, 
this is kind of an unconventional uh, potpourri for me. I recently purchased a device called a Roku 3. If you're nice. unfamiliar what a Roku 3 is, it's basically like a little streaming box. Um, it kind of sits, it's like a little, almost like a cable box, except without the cable. Uh, basically, you just hook it up to the internet. You can hook it up with Ethernet or, or Wi-Fi or whatever. And it just has channels on it, essentially, where people can upload content. And um, apparently, it's free to, up, to to start your own channel. I, I didn't know that. You might have to have a hosting huh. thing, kind of like podcasts. But right. um, it's pretty cool. Um, there's like a thousand channels on Roku. Um, it is it is the most uh, robust as far as channels go of all the streaming devices. There's also like the Apple TV, um, Amazon Fire TV, and Google Chromecast. Those are the, the three other ones. Um, but n- none of those have anywhere near as much content as the Roku does. Uh, actually, my, my, my motivation for buying the device was um, the organization American Atheists recently uh, launched their own Atheist TV channel which I was really excited for. Um, and so that's the reason I bought it. But I, I quickly learned that there's just so much other content on there. There's several uh, several apps that have that are just like movie channels um, nice. where you can watch movies for free. And, you know, some of them, they might only have like 200 movies to choose from, but it's a free movie, so it's it's <laughs> pretty cool. Um, and it is, it's, it's a great device for uh, streaming Netflix. I, I already had a... Uh, I have the app on my PlayStation 3, so I can I could do it before. Um, but it's it's a great device for for streaming that. It also has Amazon Video on Demand and uh, uh, Hulu Plus stuff like that. So uh, if you're you know in the market or you're looking to like cut the cord, as they say, get rid of your cable or whatever, uh, it's a great option. Um, I definitely recommend checking it out. Nice. How was the Atheist TV channel? Um, it's okay. It's kind of um, you can actually listen to a synopsis of me kind of break it down on my other podcast, oh, the secular right. perspective. Um, I think that episode will be coming out pretty soon. Um, it's okay. It's, it's a lot of uh, content that was already available online. They just kind of compiled it into one area. So it's a little, okay. a little lazy almost on the part of <laughs> the American atheist organization. Okay. Um, but it's still cool. And I think it's a step in the right direction. It's, it's there's never been an atheist TV channel before. So mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. Um, it's a step in the right direction. They they eventually want to make original content just for the channel. So, you know, you got it's you have to start somewhere, and this right. is a decent start. So, cool. Yep. Um, do you mind if I go next, Mikey? Do it. Cool. Um, this is a. I watched a movie a while ago. Actually, I actually watched it. Um, back in June, <laughs> June twenty eighth. Um, I'd forgotten about this. I don't think I brought it up, but Obvious Child? Did I bring this up on the podcast? I don't think so. Okay, well, um, I actually watched this. It was, uh, it was part of, during Keystone Arts Midnight Madness screenings that I've been talking up for the past several weeks. Um, it was before The Room. I went, I went there early and I was like, you know what? I'm, I kind of, I was kind of bored. So I went there early and I was like, all right, I'll just go ahead and like write a review on my tablet for, uh, it was one of my decade reviews, but, and then I was like, you know what? I'm really early, so I'll just check. I'll just check out Obvious Child, and before I check out the room, and Obvious Child is an unconventional rom com, I guess. Uh, it centers around Jenny Slate's character, who she's a comedian, a stand up com- uh, comedian, who she is kind of this character who. Um, like all kind of stand-up characters in in movies, they she 
lets her real life influence her act. And so she gets uh, following a really devastating breakup. She uh, hooks up with this guy played by, uh, I can't remember his name, but he played one of the new guys in season nine of um, the office. Um, But he, they hook up and she finds out she's pregnant. Um, And so the whole movie, the, the entire plot of the movie surrounds the two weeks she has to wait between finding out she's knocked up and when she's far enough along to where she can get an abortion. Oh, wow. And it's kind of this really good movie. Um, hmm. It's just it's just really impressive the way that it kind of goes through the motions of, of her her emotions. Cause, and it's not like she's really conflicted with, with having the abortion that much. It's more she doesn't want to hurt this guy who's this just this really, really good guy. Um and like they kind of they kind of meet up and he kind of pursues her and she's trying to keep her distance and there's just this really organic and and honest dich- uh, uh, dichotomy or, or this honest uh thing between them where where she she has this thing that she doesn't want to bring up because she doesn't want to ruin things with him and it just feels very natural and it's not something that ordinary movies would tangle up into into scripted um into into kind of this this forced movie thing it's very it feels very natural and it's something that i really appreciated about the movie also it's really funny um <laughs> uh, there's some really great lines and and jenny slate is really fantastic you you might know her from uh <laughs> parks and rec she played um john ralphio's sister um yeah yeah she was she was awesome and she's really great in this movie. And it um, wasn't she on a season of SNL? Yeah, very short lived. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, she got fired because she dropped an f bomb. <laughs> yeah, that was like yeah. the main contributing. She, she did drop an f bomb and she did get fired. I don't know if those are if that's the reason why. Yeah, I feel like she was on. Um, she was on. I think Comedy Bang Bang, or maybe it was maybe it was Nerdist or something. But I feel like they addressed that, and she they didn't really. I don't know if she. I don't know if she elaborated on she it. She kind of skirted it a little bit. So there's yeah. no clear answer. Yeah, yeah but it. It. Um, yeah. She, I mean, she's she's doing well. Um, yeah. The movie was really good, though. I, I definitely recommend it. It's like I said, it's kind of an unconventional rom com, and uh, David Cross has a small role in it. <laughs> he plays this kind of creepy, kind of kind of friend of hers in like a couple scenes. <laughs> That's it's it's really well done. Um, so it's an unconventional romantic comedy. So you could say it's an uncon rom-com. <laughs> hey I'm not going to make fun of you for that. Copyright not... <laughs> 2014, bitches. <laughs> I just love that so much. Un-con I'm disappointed rom-com. I didn't think of that. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So that that's my that's my potpourri for this week. It was really good. Um, cool. Mike? So... School is back in session. The air is a tad bit crisp in the morning, and we're getting closer to fall, which means it's my favorite season, which means horror movies and horror entertainment. So I just want to talk briefly about this Scream TV series that just recently announced its cast and its director. Yeah, right? (laughs) I know nothing about this. Well, I, I wanted to juxtapose my excitement for the season with my uh, distaste for the idea that MTV, by the way, mm-hmm. oh. MTV <laughs> I know, right? is, is uh, in partnership with Dimension TV 
is is making a scream television show show starring Willa Fitzgerald, Amy Forsythe, John Carna, Carlson Young, Amadeus Serafini, and Jamie Travis is directing the pilot. I know nothing of that. Yep. All you just said names mean nothing to me. Nobody's. <laughs> wow. So I don't know. I'll definitely watch it. We've talked about Scream before and how much it means to me and us. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I, I don't know. MTV. Yeah. God, that sucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I read this news this afternoon when, when I woke up and like all I like I knew that they were working on this. I knew that they were considering this. I knew that this was something that was in the works for a while. But all I could think about was how is it going to sustain itself as a TV show? Like as yeah, anything more know. than three episodes, hmm, how right. is this going to be a thing? Um, I just, I don't get it. I mean, I can understand if they, I, I don't get it at all. Um, <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if Dimension shopped it around and they just kind of landed at MTV. That, that's what I hope. Okay. Well, that though, though it does seem. I mean, the movie came from just like the tail end of the MTV generation. It mm-hmm. it makes sense, but yeah. it, it won't be good. Uh, well, my point was going to be that we we've seen over the past couple of years, it's been proven that horror can not only work as a TV show, but it can be really good and really popular. <sighs> American Horror Story, you know, it's winning all kinds of awards and stuff and people love it. It's getting renewed and it's supposed to be really good. And so I would just, I don't know. It's a little disappointing to me that if, if they did shop it around to like some of the better channels, uh, yeah, totally, totally. Yes. Offense to MTV. (laughs) If they shopped it around to, you know, like FX or, or, you know, uh, HBO Showtime, like it's, it's interesting to me that, those uh, networks are not biting on stump stuff like this. I'll, Maybe it's just that it's not going to work as a TV show. Yeah. I don't know. There is that. I'll play devil's advocate, though, and say that MTV might be the best place for it. Oh, really? Um, really? Yeah, just because, like like Mike said, it, it came across, it came out, the original movie came about, like, right at the tail end of the MTV generation, but it's also a very self-referential movie. It's very, very cheeky and fun. And I mean, yeah, MTV doesn't have a good track record with anything, but they are doing some scripted series. I guess that show Awkward is really popular. Well, I really liked that but, that MTV documentary show. Was it called True Life? Sure. True yeah. Life. I'm a whatever, and it would be yeah. something. That was sure. actually a pretty good documentary show. Okay. Yeah. But that's about it. Any of you went down a little bit? I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it was good. No, but it, sure. I, but I mean, <laughs> with them going for scripted shows and, and stuff like that, I can understand that because and this is not to compare the two remotely. This is they're, the, These two are not comparable. They are not ever going to be on the same same level. But just think back to, what was it, 10 or so years ago, AMC. Uh, mm-hmm. They were just the American movie classics. They yeah. just played classic movies, and they're like, "Hey, let's you know, let's jump into um, scripted television." Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I, you know, sure, MTV is trying to rebrand itself, and I appreciate that. But uh, taking Scream and making it a TV show, I mean, it could. No, it. I don't think it would sustain itself as a series. Um, maybe as a single one-off season, mm-hmm. but. It would have to be really, really inventive. 
um, or it has to it would have to do something to break the mold because those movies are really good and I I, I really like the movies, but they are movies definitely like I couldn't I couldn't watch a single one of them for more than two hours, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. much less an entire season of TV. How about the fact that Teen Wolf is incredibly successful for them? Is it? Oh yeah, that is. is MTV, isn't it? Uh huh. I forgot about that. I haven't watched yeah. any of it. Um. Yeah, that's true. Also, yeah, like I said, awkward, and now Teen Wolf. Now that I think about it, is very popular. Yeah. And actually, the show Finding Carter. Uh, just recently, my wife watched it. She said it's good. I'll never watch yeah. it. But uh, <laughs> uh, our the our intro music uh provided to to us by formerly known as Star Tissue. They're actually called Loud Like. Oh, now okay. Loud. So just FYI, uh, they are featured in uh, the pilot episode. Seriously? Seriously. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Good did, for them. Did it have a different website? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, loud like. Uh, it's just their Facebook. Cool. We yeah, their their uh, their newest EP just released yesterday, uh, August fourth. Um, it's called Mistakes We Must Make loud like it's you can find it on itunes nice is that the one that you posted on on facebook it is the very same that is awesome i did not know that we're, yeah we're tangentially famous yeah <laughs> <laughs> famous by association yeah we kind of cool. launched them didn't we we did you we know? did i mean i don't want to say it was us but you're welcome i don't yeah. want to say that they need to p- compensate us for <laughs> yeah um Awesome. No, that's really awesome. I wow, that is very cool. That is really cool. Nice. Yeah. Mistakes we must make. Cool. Um, anything else to talk about? <laughs> I don't uh, think so. I think that's about it. Yep. Cool. Well, uh, should I count us out then? Do it. Yeah. All right. Well, let me bring up my handy notes here. Handy dandy notebook. I'm kidding. I'm joking. That was a joke. That was a Nickelodeon callback. Oh, I didn't even hear what you said. (laughs) Of course you didn't. I'm sorry. I'll hear it when I edit. (laughs) (laughs) That makes it so much better. Yeah. Uh, As always, thank you for listening to the Obsessive Viewer Podcast, and thank you to Loud Like for providing our awesome opening theme music. You can check out their first EP... Called, I'm switching between things. Uh, their first EP, Mistakes We Must Make, is available on iTunes. Um, also, Google Play, Spotify, all that stuff. And also like them on Facebook. Link is in the show notes. And then also make sure you rate and review us on iTunes and vote for us for Podcast of the Month on podcastland.com. Uh, please like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer. You can currently find a picture, a revealing picture of Tiny's hand saying that he loves penis. Mm. Um, and also follow each of us on Twitter. You can find me, Matt, at Obsessive Viewer. Tiny is at Obsessive Tiny. And Mike is at I am Mike White. Uh, also check out the blog at ObsessiveViewer.com where I'm trying to post more stuff. I'm still working my way through decade reviews and stuff like that. I just did a, a franchise review review of Planet of the Apes. That's really fun and you should read it and that's a lot of fun. Um, also check out ObsessiveBookNerd.com. It's our sister website where we review books and provide commentary on the ever-evolving world of reading. 
Um, and also check out Tiny Side Project, The Secular Perspective, at thesecularperspective.com. It's a podcast devoted to discussing secularism and religion and how the two intertwine and 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 butt heads over uh, in the world today and stuff. And finally, if you have any thoughts on – Tiny's laughing because I said butt heads, I think, right? <laughs> Just because that was a fumble. It was like such a fumble, yeah. Anyway, um, if you have any thoughts on the podcast, suggestions for future topics, or you want to share your favorite bottle episodes or anything at all, we really want to hear from you guys. You can email us at our individual names at obsessiveviewer.com, Matt, Mike, and Tiny, um, at obsessiveviewer.com. So that about does it, I think. Do you, is there anything else we need to say? I think so. My dogs are saying goodbye. Oh, nice. <laughs> can you hear them? Yes. Yeah. Also, check out our Summer Sandler series, by the way. Yes. Which I think next week we're going to do part three, and I think we're going to have a special guest. We Correct. are indeed. Yes. A returning guest. Yeah. A returning guest. Yes. Yeah. This is the s- only the second time we've had a guest return, right? I think so. I think so. The first one was Greg. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we should probably end it because we don't want to bottle this episode up. Hey. Thanks, oh, guys. yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> See you later. See ya. So Matt, like I said, <clears throat> we've uh, Dustin and I spent the day yesterday working on new music. Yeah, how did that go? It was awesome. Sweet. Yeah, here I'll play a little. I'll play a little sample. Yes, yes. do it. All right, ready? Show. Let me uh, find. Yes. Okay, two, three, four. I might. Okay, and so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well played. <laughs> That's great. You Thanks. Dick. <laughs>